Well, welcome back, fellow football aficionados, to the podcast that d- captures the very essence of the beautiful game, EPL State of Mind. Once again, I am your host, Sean, today joined by my good friend, Kyle. We're going to go over this past weekend's English Premier League matches. Um, we've got it all covered from an epic North London derby that ended in a draw, uh, a valiant effort by West Ham to take points at Anfield, but... Uh, I'll beat to a failure and a couple of other games as well. But once again, we are without the services of our skipper, James. He misses out on the starting 11 with an illness. Very questionable about his commitment and passion for the game. Very questionable. That's well said. (laughs) But without further ado, let's delve into the EPL state of mind. Started off with some hot news. Uh, The first and, and most important of which is the return of the Carabao Cup a competition which you hold in about as little regard as humanly possible. Yeah, I mean, that cup is a a joke of a cup. If you're playing your starting players, all you're doing is risking injury. And Man City is very, very good at proving that. So, you know, I'll let Sean talk about the results that have been happening, but just know that I I don't even want to talk about this this stupid little tournament. Yeah, spoken like a man whose team was eliminated earlier today, 1-0 to Newcastle. Uh, Oh, did they play today? couple of other games that I wanted to mention. Uh, Exeter City knocked out Luton Town. Exeter City's a League One side. They beat them yesterday 1-0. And then uh, Ipswich Town also beat Wolves. And then finally, the biggest news of all, Chelsea scored a singular goal. Woo! September. Congratulations, Chelsea. Clap yeah, it up for that's, a, that's a round of applause. Yeah, very impressive. Very impressive. Their first and only goal of the month scored by Nico Jackson in a 1-0 win against Brighton this afternoon. So congratulations to Chelsea. You don't have to uh, post, I guess, like the the under 18s highlights for the goal of the month, or maybe like the women's team. So you got Joe, that going you, for uh, you. Didn't you say this was the second time this has happened to them this year? Yep, uh, I believe it was in the month of February uh, earlier this year. The only goal was that was scored in that month was by Yao Felix, and then they had no other goals. So yeah, it's uh, not a not a if you're if you're a fan of uh, free flowing goals attacking football chelsea's not your club right now but um moving on from them and just quick mention uh the u.s open cup tonight uh the final of that tournament uh takes place at 8 30 between uh, inter miami and houston dynamo we won't talk about too much on it but just wanted to make mention obviously uh very much led by Messi to get to that final um he's been ripping it up but let's 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 just hop right into it and and Stay close to home for James. Talk about the North London Derby. A 2-2 draw at the Emirates. Um, really, really great match. Kyle, overall, what are some of the takeaways that you had on this game? Oh, that I absolutely loved it. It was brutal, which we expected. There were 31 fouls in the game, guys. 31 fouls. Every three minutes, they're taking someone out. You absolutely love to see it. But you also love to see no red cards. It just means they're playing with heart and passion, but they're not looking to hurt. They're looking to get the ball. So... I'm a huge fan of that. As far as the game was concerned, they split shots down the middle, 13 apiece. Their possession was within, you know, 54, 46. Their passes were near identical. Their pass accuracy was near identical. It was just a good goddamn game of soccer. But, you know, if you're Arsenal, you're a little bit worried after this one. You scored off of a penalty and an own goal. It wasn't, there weren't any great moments, you know, where I'm like, wow, that that was just special out of Arsenal during that game. It was just, creative play they maintain possession you wouldn't know they were home but they were 
And Spurs played with heart. I mean, Son, goddamn, Son might be the best player in the Premier League right now. I, I currently in his form, I absolutely love what he's doing over there, and he's doing it without Kane. So, I don't know. I thought this was an epic game to watch, and the answers from uh, Spurs. I mean, Arsenal was never down in the game. It was just Spurs had to fight, and they fought. So, I think. They both deserve the point. And as as someone who roots for a team in the top four, so same with Sean, I'm sure we absolutely love to see this. Both teams dropping two points. It's just, it's glorious. Great North London Derby. Yep. Yeah, all around very good game. Um, I'm sure if James was here, he'd have a much more in-depth recap and also would talk about uh, some of the unlucky things that happened to Arsenal in this game. Declan Rice getting substituted at halftime with a back spasm. Um, I think Saka picked up a knock in this game, and then they were also without Trossard, who got injured in warmups, and then Martinelli, who we talked about last week or two weeks ago, who's got a hamstring in, in injury. Um, you know, with those guys in place, maybe it's a different game, um, but I still, you know, I think overall, just on the balance of the game that was played, a, a point for both sides was very much deserved. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, if Hyungmin Son is not the best player in the Premier League right now on form, James Madison might be because, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Son scored both goals, but Madison, the first one, he turns Saka inside out. I think he's still looking around somewhere in North London. I think he ended up in South <laughs> London looking for the ball on that first goal. And then uh, the second one takes it off of a, a man that James once egregiously called world-class, Jorginho. Took it off oh, of Jorginho, drives wow. on the 2 on one slides it to Son, Son put slots at back of the net. So really impressive one. But yeah, I mean, that was a little validating for me. I definitely gave it to James after that one. You don't think if James was here right now, he'd back Jorginho as world-class? I think he, I think he might be changing his tune at this time. I think I so. I think he might be changing his tune, but uh, a team who would also like to change the tune, the channel, just maybe just get one of those uh, uh, remembering potions, just vanishing memory, just delete the whole thing from Harry Potter, uh, Sheffield United. Oh. They lost eight. Yes, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight to nil against Newcastle United this weekend on the road at St. James's Park. Uh, this one was ugly, man. Uh, just an, oh, sorry, this is actually a Bramall Lane. So this was at home. So the home crowd got treated to an absolute drubbing and got to see some some Premier League records be broken. I just want to know one question. Who pissed in Newcastle cereal on Saturday morning? That was insane. They were the first team to, or they had the most individual goal scorers in a single game with eight. There has been nine nil, and and I think some somebody's got to ten once. But well, they, you know, I love talking about the, the Liverpool Bournemouth from last year. Nine. Yeah, nil, yeah. You, know? you love that game. You still Great haven't game. let that go. Nope. If Bournemouth would be relegated multiple times as a result of that game, according to you. So it's true. They're still due. just a complete domination and very different from the Sheffield United side that we saw just a week earlier on the road at Tottenham, you know, stay compact, stay defensively composed and cause issues. It didn't, it, it wasn't working in this one. Kieran Trippier was unreal. His, his passing, his crossing in this game was on point and caused, I mean, tons of, tons of issues. So, um, anything you got on this one? Yeah, no, I, I would agree with you. Kieran Trippier just, had a lights out game it's a shame he didn't get on the score sheet but i'm gonna list down in order of their goals it was longstaff burn botman wilson gordon almiron guillermas and then isak 
the thing you notice there is that there were two defenders, two midfielders, and two strikers who scored from their starting 11. This was not the case of just good striking. This is the whole team having fun. There came a time in this game when they just decided, all right, defenders are shooting. Midfielders are going to cover them. Let's go. Let's have it. And that is just fun to watch. And, you know, I am glad Isak got his goal in the 87th. You'd expect him to be on the score sheet when it's eight to nothing. But, um, I, yeah, yeah, I especially like it when I have him in my FPL lineup. So, yeah, that's always fun. But, yeah, I mean, like, like Sean said, it's crazy that there were eight guys on the score sheet. And I still think man of the match would have been Kieran Trippier. He played yeah. absolute lights out. Three or four assists in this. I think it was three. But either way, I mean, really, really impressive performance. And I think, you can pretty much line up perfectly from when Trippier came into Newcastle's, you know, emergence as, as one of the better teams in a top half team in the league. So he's been huge for them. They're captain now. And, uh, you know, just a lot of credit needs to go to him. So um, just wanted to make mention of that one. But a game that I am very much looking forward to d- discussing was Liverpool's victory over West Ham at Anfield this past weekend. A lot of mouth. You know, a lot of running of the mouth from from West Ham. We talked about Antonio saying that they were going to beat Liverpool, that they were going to finish higher than Liverpool. I got to listen to that handsome fuck Jack Dugan talk a ton of shit <laughs> about how West Ham's so great and Liverpool's not any good. You know, Jack, maybe stick to doing the bicep curls and checking yourself out in the mirror. The football analysis is not for you. Uh, 3-1 Liverpool in this one. And it was perfect because Mikel Antonio, who started off all this shit talking, just dropped an absolute stinker um he got in i think it was maybe in like the eighth minute had a chance on a ball across from uh from the right right back i think it was sufell and just didn't know if he should hit it with his head hit it with his foot he decided to hit it with neither and the ball went out of play and uh he got a nice roar from uh from anfield but got to give credit to west ham they played really well in this game especially early on in the game uh lucas paqueta was really special and and you could see why he was linked to man city before the uh the betting allegations emerged because um he really did boss this game early on uh, but i think liverpool settled down uh first of all you had mo salah score on a pk in the 16th minute um and then jared bowen equalized for west ham um but i feel like once it went into half you know one one and like I said, Liverpool didn't play their best and West Ham kind of gave it their best shot and it was still tied. I felt real confident going into that second half. Um, and Kyle, I, I, I got to give you major props on this one. If you guys go back and listen to last week's episode, not only did Kyle say a 3-1 Liverpool victory, but he also said Darwin Nunez would score the winner. So you got both. I mean, you take it away, man. You bask in the glory. Ah, oh, love that. Yeah, it's just time. The, I'm, I'm so used to seeing Manchester City-Liverpool races, and that's what I'm starting to see once again. That's five straight for Liverpool now. Take away their first game draw. Because, you know, it's a shaky start to the season. You're getting Trent back. Things are happening. Uh, I think, once again, this is going to be a Pep versus Klopp type of season, which I absolutely love to watch. Um, yeah, once again, three different goal scorers for Liverpool. Their front line is vibing. Every single one of them are in form. They are a scary team offensively. The only way you beat Liverpool at this point, in my opinion, is by scoring a three-goal minimum. That's it. You got to assume they're going to be scoring. But, you know, they you got people in the back line that are a little shaken up. You got Trent. Any given game, he could be player of the match or the dog of the match. I absolutely love players like that. So, 
very, very fun team. I, I'm I'm pretty excited. I cannot wait for Man City Liverpool, whenever that is. Yeah, I think that that one's a ways out. Um, and I'm sure James, whenever he hears, it's going to be absolutely livid that you're focused on Liverpool instead of Arsenal. Well, they're no uh, longer the that... youngest team in the Premier League. I just don't care. About <laughs> it. I think that that match comes up first, though. I think uh, um, I was reading today that, that basically Arsenal expects to get Martinelli, and um, it's yeah, actually two weeks out. So that's it's, a big one. It's not this Sunday; it's the following. So they expect to get Martinelli back, and then potentially Trossard and uh, and Rice. Well, we're going to be without three because uh, that if you guys watched the game this weekend, Rodri picked up an absolutely fucking stupid red card at the end of the first half when he decided to choke out the other player <laughs> for some reason, even though there had been zero animosity throughout this game. Both teams were just playing their football. You know, it was a silly foul at the end of the half while City's up by two in the corner, and. You know, he went full UFC mode. It was, there's no excuse. So now we're going to be without Rodri. We'll be without Stones and De Bruyne for that match. So I think it'll be fair. I think it should be a good one in Arsenal's current form. Yeah. yeah. Enjoy that one, James. <laughs> and and that is a big blow for, for Man City. But at the same time, we obviously know how talented they are. And, and the, the, the gulf in class between them and whoever you want to say that next that next best team is, it's still significant even without a De Bruyne and and maybe without Rodri I guess we'll have to see uh, there's but no will miss... way that that red card yeah. gets overturned there's no, no way there's there's even a possibility they might tack an extra game on which would hurt but this is the city's next three they, they go away to Molyneux which that's a game they should win but then away to Arsenal without Rodri home against Brighton and then away to Man United so it's a big slate in their next four um, depending on if Rodri's ban is extended or reduced or, you know, whatever it may be. Sometimes when you try to, I don't know if they're going to appeal it, but sometimes when you try to appeal it, the FA will be pissed and tack on an extra one. But yeah, I, 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 I think that. you're right. I think it was kind of a clear red, um, even though I think Gibbs White was also hunting for that red card. He, you know, they were battling back and forth. And then the second time that they re-engaged, uh, Gibbs White dropped like a sack of potatoes. I mean, my grandma, my grandma could have knocked him <laughs> over with the, with the, the types of fortitude that he had. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, at the end of the day, the picture stands of Rodri looking down on Gibbs White with both hands across that man's <laughs> neck, like glaring at him. <laughs> so, like, I, I just don't see any scenario where he doesn't get the full ban. Yeah, you can't go Captain Insano on on, on the pitch, unfortunately. So. That was that was rule that rule was changed in 1987, unfortunately. But um, we're gonna take a quick break here. We're going to take a look ahead to some of the best games of this weekend coming up, and we'll be right back with you. Now that we've concluded our weekend recap, let's take a, a view to the future and take a look at some of the best games from this weekend. Uh, Kyle, I don't know about you, but for me, the clear number one game of this weekend is Saturday afternoon. Liverpool taking a trip to North London, taking on Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, what do you think about this game? Uh, that's tough. That's real tough. 
they are a hot team right now with a very informed striker. So, you know, as I just previously said, the only way you beat Liverpool at this point is to score three. I this would be the team to do it right now. I still think Liverpool takes this game. I could see three to two or two to two, but I think there's going to be at least four four goals scored in this. This is going to be a fun firecracker of a match. I agree. I think it'll be high scoring. I actually believe this game is going to end up in a draw. I just think Liverpool is still trying to figure it out both defensively and kind of in transition in mid, in midfield. Um, but I, I totally agree and concur with your thoughts. I think this this will definitely be a 2-2, maybe 3-2 game if someone does end up pulling it out. Um, just a quick note that I had on this one. Tottenham has not beaten Liverpool in uh, their last 12 tries. Their last victory against Liverpool was in October of 2017 Six at White years. Hart Lane. Damn. So to give you an idea, to give you an idea of some of the guys that were on the pitch that day for each team that are no longer uh, there. Kieran Trippier was on Tottenham that day. Kyle Walker was on Tottenham that day. Oh, uh, Deli Alley, Christian Eriksen. And then on the other side, Felipe Coutinho. That was his, his last uh, matchup between Liverpool and, uh, and Tottenham. Alberto Moreno was playing left back. We didn't even have Andy Robertson break into the team yet. Emre Chan. Dejan Lovren, Simon Mignolet. I mean, this was a dark time. This is a dark at this time. Rate, you might as well just throw out like Fernando Torres and Sergio <laughs> people like that. Or, uh, Holy shit. Far Rafa Vandevart and Peter Crouch played up front for Spurs <laughs> this game? No. Um, but yeah, so it, it, things have definitely changed since the last time Spurs beat Liverpool, but I think this is their best chance to do so. Um, I think Ange, the way he plays on the front foot, uh, he really doesn't change his style no matter who they're playing. And I think Klopp kind of approaches the game a similar way. Uh, high, high pressing. It should be a lot of fun. And I will be in attendance at Mulligans this weekend. Um, we'll see if James can recover from the IR to, uh, to make it, but I will be in attendance and I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be a, gr- a great crowd at Mulligans usually is when Spurs are playing. I would say them and Chelsea have the biggest fans in Hoboken, but um, I'm really looking forward to this one. I'm going to go for a draw. Do you got any final picks or score predictions on this one? No, no, I think we covered it all there. Okay. And then uh, just taking a look, at, there's not too many great games this weekend. I think the other one, the pick of the bunch would, would be um, also on Saturday morning. This is the actually the very first one. It's that 7.30 kickoff that when it's your team, you absolutely dread it. Um, but this one is between Brighton and Aston Villa at Villa Park. Probably the two best teams outside of the the rich six or rich seven, I guess, now that Newcastle's basically wedged themselves in there with both Champions League football and also uh, being owned by a fucking country that <laughs> that has billions of dollars to spend. So um, this should be a really, really exciting matchup. Kyle, what do you got on this one, Villa and Brighton? I, I mean, I like Brighton. They are they're in just such form right now. But then again, it's at Villa Park, so... I'm still going to take Brighton. I think it's going to be a very defensive game because that's Villa's strategy. And Brighton on any given day can just go out there and just score five. We've seen it. So I think they're going to be all focused on playing a lot of defense. I hope it'll work. I could see 2 nothing, 2 nothing in terms of Brighton here. Yeah, it could be. I think this game is, is interesting to me because, um, you know, outside of – of the Premier League, Brighton's actually not in the best of form. They lost last week in the Europa League. They lost, as we mentioned today, to Chelsea. But then in the league, they've shown the ability to, like, I mean, kind of similar to what you're talking about 
with Liverpool. I think you would say the same sort of things with Brighton. They're constantly on the score sheet. To beat them, you're going to have to score a minimum of two goals. They've had three goals in their last – excuse me. They've scored uh, at least three goals in every game so far this season in the league. Um, they have a couple with four. Sorry, they also lost one game to Brighton, uh, to West Ham. I apologize. I, I got their, their fixtures mixed up. Um, but still, other than that game against West Ham, they scored three or four in every match. And, I mean, they're just lethal on the counter. We know what Matoma's capable of. I, get, I would say him against Matty Cash is probably the matchup to watch in this game. Um, I'm actually going to lean towards the the home side. I, I'm going to take Villa to just eke out a one-goal victory. I think it's going to be a... Three to two final. Um, the guy for me to watch, of course, is Musa Diaby on that right side for for Villa. I think he's been explosive and dynamic, um, you know, to to start this year. And um, I just I'm going to pick them with home field advantage. And I think they're in, you know, they're starting to to gain a little bit of momentum, um, you know, over over the course of the last couple of weeks. So I'm going to take Villa on this one. I'm I'm going to disagree with you, but. Um, I think those two are probably the big ones. I'm sure there'll be an upset that we're overlooking now that we'll end up talking about next week. Um, but for now, those are the two games that really stood out to me. Um, but while, while we are talking about things that are disappointing, uh, how about my lock of the week last week? God oh, damn it. Bummer. Pick it up, Wolves. Pick it the fuck bummer. up. I mean, that wasn't that wasn't so much your bad call. All things considered, you had the right call until that silly little challenge. Yeah, yeah. Jean Bellegarde. Just for anyone who didn't see and and hopefully didn't listen to my gambling advice from last week, uh, stomped on Tom Lockyer in the first half, got sent off. Uh, Pedro Neto scored one of probably was going to be one of the best goals of the year. End to end rush, um, pretty much did it all by himself to score um, and put Wolves up even down a man in the second half, but it, it, they couldn't sustain it. Uh, ended up conceding a penalty that Carlton Morris, who was uh, Luton's top scorer last year in the championship, slotted away. Um, and there, down the drain, went my hopes of, of getting to 1-1. One and one. So I am 0-2 on locks of the week. You, sir, are flying. You're 1-1 one and, one and, oh. and well, sorry, 1-0, and, oh, and the, the Liverpool one. I mean, if, if anybody listened to that and bet that, you'd make a fucking absolute fortune. So listen to Kyle right now. He's feeling it. Um, but, but this week, we're actually instructing you to listen to our good friend James. And Kyle, I'll let you take this one away. So James is under the impression that Everton is going to beat Luton this week. And apparently everyone else is agreeing with them because they are minus 170 to win, according to the odds books. So it looks like James is taking a nice, safe, easy pick against Luton. <sighs> you know, you, you'd expect a little more out of James. But, you know, he has COVID right now. He's sick. We're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. It, it's a good pick. It's a very good pick. Although there is just one thing I'd like to say. So I'm going to shout out my friend Ian, who's a Manchester United fan. I think this is a turning point for Manchester United. Their their record doesn't really display their talent, in my opinion. They've had to play Tottenham, Arsenal, and Brighton in their last four matches. So those are teams that can beat anybody. I mean, Bruno Fernandez goal of the week, in my opinion. That thing was stupidly struck. It was reminiscent of Van Persie. I mean, those things were side-by-side -side compared, and it's the same strike. So you're looking at the next three games for Man U. You're looking at Crystal Palace. You're looking at Brentford and Sheffield. They're all beatable for Man U. I think if you take nine points out of those three games, it's a turning point. You get your boys in order. You get the vibes thrown in the locker room. This could be the moment Man U salvages something this season. So, Ian, I got faith in you guys. Keep an eye out. I think this could be it. 
But yeah, that being I, said, I you fail here, it's over. <laughs> Just shut it down for the season. No, I yeah. think to keep pace with the top four, the way that Arsenal, Tottenham, Liverpool, and then, of course, I mean, City, let's just pencil – we can pencil them in for top four. Probably can pencil them in for the title if we're, if we're being a little bit cynical about it. But I agree. I think they have to take nine points from this because then after that they start – they start it gets it picks up again. You play Man City. You play Newcastle. Um, you, you have Chelsea in December. They have Liverpool in December. They have West Ham. Aston Villa, so and, and then Tottenham again to, to start January off. So there's definitely a couple of, of tough fixtures on the horizon. I think they have to take advantage of, of what's in front of them here. Um, yeah, I'm with you. This is your time to get momentum, which you absolutely fucking need going into the stretch of games that Sean just listed off. If you're not confident in yourself, you can't win. Not not those games. For sure. And, and I think they need to figure out what their best 11 is with, with Anthony and Purgatory, Sancho getting banished to the nether regions and then, <laughs> you know, whatever else, you know, whatever else nonsense will happen between now and the next time they re-record. So um, definitely keep keep an eye on that. But do you have anything else before we uh, wrap this one up? Uh, no, that'll be it. That'll be it. All right, cool. Well, hopefully, I know I said this last week, but hopefully we will be rejoined by our good friend James next week. He'll recover from the bubonic plague, bounce back stronger <laughs> than Arsenal does when they're faced with any form of adversity. Um, and yeah, but uh, yeah, please stay tuned for the next episode and uh, follow, subscribe, like, send us your feedback, EPL State of Mind. And uh, until next hey, time, take care. Absolutely. Have a yeah. good one, guys.